God bless America, and welcome to the Revive Podcast. We hope you guys had a good 4th of July uh, weekend. I'm Carrie, pastor of Connection Discipleship here at Neighborhood Church, and we're glad that you're joining us uh, to listen in this week here on the podcast. Each week, we create and curate resources to help people thrive in Christ, and it's all available at neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive, R-I-V-I-V-E. Um, so today, I'm back here joined again by Pastor Mike and Pastor Hello. Sean. Awesome. And thinking of 4th of July... What did you guys do for Fourth of July? What was one of your favorite parts of Fourth of July weekend? And in my neighborhood, uh, even though there's uh, fireworks are not allowed in my little city, we live very close to a city that does allow fireworks. And oh my gosh, <laughs> Friday night, Saturday night, yeah. Sunday night, on into Monday, even Tuesday morning, uh, it was boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I was uh, good thing we have good windows, uh, but it was <laughs> nonstop craziness going on celebrations lifting up excitement i mean yeah there's a lot to be excited about you know covid is winding down lord willing and uh this nation is a great one and uh lots of fun celebrations yeah yeah same with me it was yeah a lot of food (laughs) i think was was a hallmark uh the saturday uh got together with some friends played some music uh food and then the on the fourth more food Hang yep. out with parents. <laughs> yeah, I had to. Uh, I had a few burnt offerings uh, on my uh, <laughs> smoker grill. So I, I, I smoked uh, uh, St. Louis ribs on Sunday and then uh, beef back ribs on Monday. And mm-hmm. my neighbors love me. <laughs> it was a so pleasing was aroma unto the Lord. Yes, and your neighbors is. too. Sharing the yes. fruits of your labor. <laughs> Oh, that's fun to celebrate. Nothing nothing celebrates like a good meal, man. Well, it's good to have you guys back here. Um, We're going to be diving into Psalm 99. Uh, That's the passage we're diving into on Sunday. And so again, if you uh, are listening to this podcast and uh, um, you're not running away from fireworks happening all in the sky at this point, um, pause the podcast and listen, listen, or I mean, you could audio book it, or you could crack open a Bible and old fashioned, just read Psalm 99. It's only nine verses, one through nine, Psalm 99. And then you'll have some context to jump back in with us as we dive into our conversation after that. So we're going to jump into this, um, old Testament context again, here in the book of Psalms. And, uh, Mike, you were talking a little bit about how book four of Psalms really helps kind of knowing where we are and what kind of Psalms area we are, helps us understand Psalm 99 too. Yeah. So do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. The Bible book of Psalms is broken up into different books and you can see the markings. You open your Bible, you see, you know, book one, book two, so forth and so on. This is actually the, the, the Psalms that we're looking at right now are found in book four and uh, book four tends to be talking about a lot about the royalty or the kingdom of God. And, uh, and it's a great book. Actually, the Psalm 99 is coupled within book four in a grouping of Psalms called the the Royal Psalms started in Psalm 93. They took a pause in Psalm 94 and then Psalm 95 and Psalm 99 were all considered Royal Psalms. Now these, these songs that were written are really a, a compilation of writings and poems and, and, uh, and sayings set to music that a uh, long time ago, a group of uh, very godly rabbis and, and other godly people got together and say, Hey, let's put all these special worship songs and, and poems and such in together as a book of Psalms. And, and so they did that and they tried to couple them in some ways. And sometimes the matching doesn't work, but they're all in different styles and different forms, literary forms. And those are all explained in a lot of the Bible uh, study guides that you can get. And, and that really helps you understand the, 
the content of each of the Psalms. Cause in these Psalms, there's a, there's great learning yes, there's songs to celebrate just like, you know, we enjoy fireworks and all the food and stuff like that to, to celebrate uh, the 4th of July and the independence uh, of the, of America from Britain, but, and, and, you know, other countries celebrate independence too. Uh, we mentioned those on last Sunday, Cambodia, India, France, uh, <clears throat> and Canada, don't forget celebrates. Canada day. That's right. right? Canada day is July 1st. That's the country of my origin, <clears throat> but it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's a great, great time to celebrate and to, and to lift up. And that's, that's the, the word and the biblical word is the word exalt. And actually this Psalm is broken down into two basic Psalm 99 broken down into two basic um, couplets. And you, you find that, that phrasing, it says, exalt the Lord, our God. And that's found in, in, in verse five and verse nine. And that's kind of the idea of it. here. We're lifting up God and enjoying him and talking about him. And, and it's a great, uh, great opportunity to be able to do that. <laughs> Yeah, that brings up a good point, Mike. You're saying the word exalt a lot. I see that in Psalm 99, that that's a common word that's used a lot. I don't think I ever use exalt in my normal day-to-day life, though. So what what in the world does exalt mean? What does that mean here in Psalm 99? Well, it's a, and and Sean, chime in too. It's a, it's basically a a word that means lift up. Mm. It literally means lifted up. It's something that you push up into uh, the highest, uh, it's the highest form of praise or, or adoration. Uh, it's a sense that you really uh, admire and are dwelling on and having moments where you celebrate and it, 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 it takes your, your kind of your highest attention at that moment. And if you so think to about, ex- yeah. I was going to say in the Old Testament, you know, so often we see, um, you know, God warns the Israelites against th- putting things in high places, lifting up, you know, and, and it, like Mike mm. is saying, there's literally exalt has a physical uh, uh, aspect of that because, you know, you look at so many of these ancient Near Eastern cultures, you know, we were talking about the pyramids. We, we were doing, I was doing um, like a VBS type of thing earlier today. We're talking about shapes and pyramids you know that was a high place it was to point up high you think of totems totem poles those are things that you know especially for ancient peoples it's not natural to have something man-made that's very high so that harkens to worship to visual to lock it in you know and and you know i mean God in the Old Testament so often, you know, it talks about, you know, he's here, he's on Zion. More than that, exalted is the Lord, you know, in the highest heavens, you know, it's like it goes beyond, um, you know, just our normal human perceptions of how we're inclined to exalt. I think, Mike, you were talking about earlier, too, that even today we have that tendency to even exalt ourselves to put ourselves maybe not in a physically high place, but to display, or I guess, you know, I think of billboards that is a physically high place, you know, that exalts. Yeah. But I think we exalt all the time, you know, like Facebook, Instagram, Mm -hmm. TikTok, we are exalting self really kind of, you know I mean? We want to, we're showcasing us on vacation. We're exalting our vacation work (laughs) and not, not that that all of that's bad, but just say, but if it does take the place of God in our life, then we have a little issue that's called idol worship. You know, when we exalt something over God and, uh, and that, but, but, but Carrie, you know, you may not use the word exalt, but you exalt things all the time. You, you, you lift up things. You, when you praise, someone or something or, or, or share the value of it. It's, it's reveling in that, you know, reveling in the worth of something that you enjoy 
Uh, it's it's uh, spending time uh, recognizing the value and that. And then so the, so in this psalm, it's you know reveling and recognizing the value of how awesome and incredible and amazing and wonderful and beautiful and great God is. Yeah, it's kind of like when you think about your friend that just got a new X, you know, whatever it is, like you got a new car or she just got this new job and like, you know, your friend's just talking, talking about it. They're really excited about it. They can't wait to go use this thing or put it to practice or go back to that place. Um, That could be maybe like a way of exalting too, or like, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the big thing is, is exalting is a choice. You know, you choose Mm. what you exalt. Mm. You know, you choose to lift up this. It's a choice of volitional, uh, of the will choice to, to, to exalt things. And so what this psalm is challenging and encouraging us, it says very clearly, verse 5, exalt the Lord your God and worship at his footstool. Holy is he. It goes on verse 9, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for holy is the Lord our God. Mm-hmm. That's a good call, Mike. The, like, there's follow through to that. I think that's a really good distinction too, and because I feel like oftentimes we can be impressed by. But if if a friend of ours gets a really nice new car, wow, I'm impressed. That's great. Or or if we see something beautiful, whether it's man made, oh, that's impressive. Or in nature, like that's impressive, you know. And and it's and it's fine to to have those feelings, especially about creative things. But like. I feel like that's that's where my where I gut check myself, you know, is like if I'm impressed by something, you know, man-made or something like that, okay, but do I follow through and indulge in that? You know, like do I begin exalting that? Like there's 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 a, a kind of a, a marker, you know, or a spectrum where like and I think that's for pride too and things like that, you know, where it's like, oh, I'm impressed or this is good. Now do I follow through with that in a sense of a choice? And I like how you use that word, Mike, choice, because that's what, you know, when we look at nature, when we look at what God has done, and as we dive into the psalm, you know, we see he's he points to specific people. God has done the, this such and such, you know, that ought to motivate us to move in a direction to intentionally exalt. Right. Yeah, and I, and I love that, you know, and being intentional about it is, is key. And that's a good question to ask, you know, why does this Psalm encourage us to be intentionally exalting God? Hmm. And that's a, that's a good, good question to dwell on because that's kind of that interaction, that exalting of God does something to us and our soul. And I think it gives, you know, one of the ways that what it does is it gives us perspective, Hmm. you know, that he is God and I am not, you know, when you, Look up in the heavens and, and the heavens declare the glory of God. And if you go in the night sky and, you know, when you can see away from the city and see all the stars, you're all, you know, almost like taken in awe by what it is. And, yeah. and you begin to see, see how vast and eternal and powerful God is. And now you're exalting God and you're realizing that, and he's way bigger than I am. And not only that, when he becomes larger in our own life, all of a sudden, all the big problems just seem to, ooh, you know, they shrink. Because if, if God is so vast and so huge and so mighty, and and that then 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 certainly God can figure it out. I was up with the junior hires. Uh, we were talking at Hume Lake, and I was just kind of I said, "Look, this is a redwood tree, and these things can get huge." But notice that God created the systems for water to be pumped from its roots all the way up to the very top of the highest tree. 
God did that. Look at how great God is and how he manufactures things. And as we're talking about, the kids started started to realize, as they already had been, because we talked about the holiness and greatness of God that week, but they had said, yeah, if God can do that, then he certainly can take care of the things in my own life. And he can create systems and order and help for me. And that's why exalting God is such a such a value to our own uh, peace and and sense of, uh, you know, God, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it because we're exalting God. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I was thinking originally that just you know, egg salt meant like too much sodium on my scrambled eggs, but. Um, <laughs> you guys have really helped me with that. Um, no, just a full disclosure. That was, uh, I, I'll give Mike credit for that joke because I, I had not thought of it before now, but I thought it was a good one. So I wanted to bring it up. Um, but this is really good. You guys like exalting. And I, I loved what you said too, Sean, about the physical spaces and even just thinking about how the temple in, in the Zion language, the, the Jerusalem temple where God's presence dwelled was on a higher place where most of the city you could look, you'd have to look up to see this tall temple and like, oh, that's where God dwells. And that was just a good symbolic reminder that like, yes, God, God is exalted. He is high above us and he is due that respect and that uh, worship. It's interesting too, that exalt it here in verse four, um, it says that, uh, well, in verse two, actually, of Psalm 9, it says that God is exalted over all the peoples. So there is a reality that whether we recognize it or not, God is above and he is the king and he is more powerful. And yet by the same token, like you guys said, exalt is also used as a verb, as a command, an instructional verb here to say, we still need to make an effort, an intentional effort to make sure that we're putting him in the right place in our life. Yeah. And I think that's where the, you know, this is where the whole talk of free will and we could go spend an hour and a half talking about man's free will and we could spend that, a whole nother podcast on yeah, it. Yeah, we could. We should. <laughs> you know, it's 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 the God has given us free will because you can't have true love without free will. And mm-hmm. and so we have the free will to recognize the kingship of God or not. It doesn't change the fact that God is king. You know, let, let, let me be clear that God is king, he is exalted, he is the high holy one over everything, he's sovereign. Whether we believe it or not or acknowledge it or not doesn't change that. But what changes is when we recognize that and come under his leadership, his lordship, his uh, rules, life transforms. It really does. It transforms. And it's actually how we were designed to live, to live under the rule and leadership and lordship and kingship. Of God, when that happens, you know that the great verse—it's—it's it's Jesus said it really clear. Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew six thirty-three. Seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is Jesus on the throne of life. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That means His way of life. So seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things you worry about, because that's what chapter six of Matthew is all about. What we worry about will all fall into order, and that's the—that's a truth of life. When God is on the throne and we exalt him as king, boom, life is incredible. Yeah, and this is the great thing about, the cool thing about this psalm too is, is it, it takes what you're saying, Mike, and, and points to Moses, Aaron, Samuel. It's it, it, And that's kind of something that struck me about this uh, chapter in Psalms too, because I feel like sometimes um, we can read the Psalms and they feel rather general, you know, and, and sometimes it's, you know, the people are calling, Oh Lord, you know, save me from this, you know, but this is 
talks about in verses um, six through seven, and it kind of transitions a little bit um, like uh, in, in verse four, you know, where it talks about, um, you know, God executing justice and righteousness in Jacob and, and in the community of Israel, um, which is very broadly known. You know, if you look at the Old Testament, it, there's there's this historical familial sense of people are pointing to the God of Jacob. You know, I serve the God of Jacob. It, the God is a God of someone specific and there's a lineage. And then it goes into specifically talk about Moses, Aaron, Samuel. These are people who lived complex lives, who had different responsibilities. And yet, you know, they, they have the, the goods, the bads, the ups and the downs. And we see that, you know, kind of written out here in the Psalm, you know, where, where, you know, he, he rebukes them or he kind of walks with them and, and, and their lives in the process. But, but they had this responsibility. They had this connection with the Lord as they lived our li- their lives. And I think, uh, Mike, you were pointing out something really cool about, you know, God communed with these people physically, like, like intimately. Like there's there's a verse in Exodus 33, I think you were talking about, you know. 3311, where, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 3311, mm-hmm. where, where God speaks to Moses as if someone speaking to someone face to face, you know. And that's, mm. it, it, and not to... I don't want to get totally off the rails, but going a little bit back to the exalted place, I love John chapter four, gospel of John, where Jesus says to the woman at the well, there's a time coming and now has come. You will neither worship the Lord on this mountain, you know, Zion or that mountain, you know, but, but he in spirit and in truth, you know, in, in us as a Holy spirit dwells. And we get a glimpse of that, even in the old Testament with Psalms with look as, as our Psalm says, look at Moses life, look at Aaron's life, look at Samuel's life. These are people who were pursuing God, who had a personal relationship with him, you know, well before Jesus time. Um, and yet they still persevered in that how much more so now can we, where, where there, where God is, you know, available personally can we tap into that and ought we and and have that as a part of our lives yeah mm. and just to just to kind of give uh you on uh, you know, those who are listening just a moses many people know who moses was he was the one who took <clears throat> israel who was in captive in egypt god used him to take them out of of egypt <clears throat> excuse me and his and his mouthpiece was aaron who was who spoke for him because moses was saying i don't know if i can really speak that well and so god appointed Aaron. Oh, like God's, his companion, right? Not like his retainer. Yeah, no, yeah, his or? his companion okay. and uh, actually <laughs> relative. It. And uh, and then and then Samuel was uh, someone who had mom noticed he was really set aside for God, had him uh, live with the priest at the time, uh, and Samuel had this connection with God that he heard God audibly before anybody and and, and other people couldn't. So he, he had this incredible, and he became a great prophet of God. And, and, and you know, we can read about him first and second Samuel, actually a story about him doing that is, is, is I believe is found in first Samuel uh, chapter three, verses one to 21 speaks mm-hmm. of, of his, that interaction where he heard God and Eli, the priest did not. Yeah. Yeah. And if you guys want to check out the, um, we'll go and look at the story of Moses and Aaron to kind of see how they were interacting with God as well. That's Mike mentioned verse uh, Exodus 33, 11. You can read pretty much all of chapter 32 and 33, and I'll give you like a great overview of like what was going on with God and how he's interacting with Moses personally. Amazing to see that how how big God is 
and how powerful and in control he is. And yet he's still personally communicating with these guys that God is so, we we could say it transcendent, that he's so big and in charge, but he's also so imminent in that he's willing to personally communicate with us on a level we can actually understand. Yeah. That's amazing. And, And the same God back there is the same God here. Yes, and and we can, we can mm-hmm. have that personal interaction with God. Now I don't hear God audibly. God doesn't Mike, you know, speak to me, but I get a sense <laughs> of, of him, him putting thoughts in my mind. And obviously, because my mind is a little bit crazy sometimes, I need to make sure I check that with Scripture and I talk it through with godly mentors and say, "Is this it's just because if it's if it's not backed up with Scripture, it's yeah. probably from some other place or just some kind of weird human thought I'm having." But it's. And, and our human brain is like that because, you know, some people say, well, God told me to do this. Well, you know, I mean, okay, you know, yeah. I didn't tell you to go out and, get, you know, sell everything and buy this one piece of land in, you know, Arizona. And maybe he did, but, you know, you want to make sure you check that with yeah, with, totally. with scripture and 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 follow through that. I, I think the thing about Moses, Aaron, and, and, and Samuel is that they had this incredibly personal relationship with God, but he was their king. Mm-hmm. And and I and 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 he's mentioned in this king in this royal psalm because of that, they would recognize God as the highest authority of their life, mm-hmm. and that's a good question for each one of us to ask: is who is our king really? Who's our king? Who's the one who sets the order of things in our life? Who's the one we listen to? Who's the one that is really leading us through life? That's our king, and a lot of times, unfortunately, we look at that and it's really us. We we've been you know throwing Jesus off the throne room. We're taking you know we're we're now calling all the shots in our little you know kingdom of Mike, <laughs> and uh, and and I you know I, it's so easy I can slip right into that. And I think that's why exalting God is important because as we continue to exalt Him, He gets back into that place of leadership in our life, and we uh, run under His rule. Because you know right now there's a lot of philosophies running around about how you should order your life. Mm. Um, and some of them sound really close to biblical stuff, but no, sometimes they're not. And, and there's all kinds of different ways to go through thing and whether we should, you know, go this construct or that construct or this way or that way, or this philosophy, that way, this rule. Um, but it's, we got to keep coming back to putting God in that and following his rule, which is all held out in scripture and it's very laid out for us. And it's really held when the, for, you know, for time and, and, and even taking the place where like this Psalm encourages us to take times to exalt him as King. And one of the, yeah, I, I love what you're saying, Mike, and, and it's great, you know, and, and you're touching on this. One of the things that's encourages me to exalt the Lord is hearing other people's stories, you know, and even hearing you unpack these scriptures, you know, and, and, and your tenacity, you know, and how you hear the Lord, you know, I, I, I encourage people, you know, like share your God story, share where God is faithful in your life and, and really how he demonstrates his kingship, his authority, his rule over your life. And and that encourages me and it makes me all the more want to also be like, yeah, you know, like I see that in my life too. And and how much more I want to pursue him, you know, and, and do that more, you know, and see him as the king of my life. And it's, I just love how, um, it's kind of it's so our psalm series is called songs to live by right and i love how in this um in the psalm it's almost uh he is holy is is a phrase that's almost like a chorus right and and i kind of think about it like Mm. the verses of this psalm are are kind of specific 
you know, like like a story, right? And we think about it in a song, you know, the verses might might be descriptive, right? But a lot of times in songs, a chorus is catchy, it's it's repetitive, you know, and, and how much can we say, God is holy, God is holy, God is holy. This this is our chorus, this is our theme, this is how we're living, as God is our king. And yeah, I just I just encourage everybody listening, like share your story. If you have a story that has encouraged you that the Lord has done in your life, share it with people, friends, family, uh, big stories too, stories that span years. Yeah. yeah. And don't, don't we need those reminders? Like you were saying about those choruses that go over and over. We need those reminders to remember that God's in charge and we're not, and that God still is the reigning King, but is intimately acquainted with us and willing to speak with us. And like, I, I need those Sunday mornings when I come in and I'm having, and I'm singing a song that someone's leading on stage and think, oh yeah, like this is about God or God is like this, or God does work this way. We need those reminders. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Cause God is massive. <laughs> He's huge. <laughs> yes. He's magnificent. Uh, he is awesome. Hmm. And that's, you know, that comes out in this psalm as well is just that sense of being in awe of how majestic God is and how great he is. And to sit there and dwell on that, you know, whether you go sit in the beach and watch the waves crash or whether you go up in the mountains and see the, the grandeur of all he's created or all those things to exalt God and let, let his bigness, his a hugeness uh, overtake us and kind of bring in that sense of awe mm-hmm. of, of who God is. It's, it's, it's a, it's a important reality. You know, we get so caught up in things like justice and equity and, and those are important topics of the day. We need to talk about them, but when, where that's found is found when God is King, when God is King, there is justice. When God is King, there is equity and the kind of justice and the kind of equity that our human being is meant to live under, Mm. which is different from the world. It's not the same. So very key. That brings to mind uh, first Corinthians two, nine, you know, Paul's quoting and he says, no, eye is seen, no ear is heard. No heart is imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And Mike, as you were talking about the bigness Mm. of God, you know, and, and how, huge and just incomprehensible and yet he you know he desires to know us intimately and he you know the the things that are indiscernible about him he knows about us you know full well every detail every every note every every melody you know and um Mm. and man how how amazing is that 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 he knows and we can find rest and peace in that um but also to find joy and and peace in that bigness that he has in that sovereignty that that it's it's a sovereignty that's also fatherly um in in an authoritative but also daddy you know abba father you know sort of a, a, mm. a sweet way yep. yeah man this has been a great conversation again you guys this is awesome love that god's transcendence and imminence all wrapped up together this, man, this has been great. Mike, thanks again for, for joining us from uh, all your 4th of July burnt offering festivities. And uh, <laughs> and, 
And Sean, thanks again for joining us from our Losal campus. Man, Sean has been helping kick off our arts camp there this week. And he, you cannot see this, but he literally has paint on him and a smock that he's wearing from <laughs> working with visual arts with kids. So <laughs> awesome. <A> paint. <laughs> We're painting stuff. <laughs> nice. Nice. Love it. A paint everywhere. Those kids are probably having a blast. Um, love it. You guys, this has been really fun chatting about Psalm 99. Thanks again. Um, and thank you audience for joining us and listening in too. special shout out again to Bob, our awesome audio tech who edits each of these episodes. And uh, thank you all again for joining us. So if you found this helpful, share it with a friend as always. And you can keep reviving your soul with us by subscribing to this Neighborhood Church podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. You can learn more about Psalm 99 and all these topics we've talked about today just by checking out neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. And you can also connect with us and our church at Facebook or Instagram on our Neighborhood Church of Cyprus and Neighborhood Church of Los Alamitos YouTube channels. If you have any questions, you can email me at Carrie, K-E-R-R-Y at neighborhoodchurch.com. And until then, we hope that you can join us next time. And, and until you join us next time, we pray that God continues to revive your soul.